Thank you to our sponsor for season two, Punto Space. The contemporary raw space combines capacity with intimacy. Four distinct spaces on three levels encompass more than 3,500 square feet. Custom configurations, a state-of-the-art audio-visual system, and full-service support provide endless possibilities for realizing your creative vision. Welcome to Currency Shift, the podcast where we showcase and share insights from first, only, and the disruptive. These are people who are creating new lanes and carving new paths for women, people of color, and diversity and inclusion. My name is Shade Simone. Let's get started. All right, we have Taryn in the house. Yo, what up, what up, yo? What's Cheers to you. you? Yes. yes. Take a little sip. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I gotta hit that one more time. It's real smooth, right? Yeah, man. All right, so we have Taryn Thompson in the house. Just Thank you me. so much for being on the show. Uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Um, basically, um, I'm a singer songwriter. Um, I was born in on the outskirts of Chicago. I uh, moved to California. When I was about six. I was raised there. And, uh, while I was there, I kind of got into music. I have a musical family, my mother and father, they sing. So of course I picked up on it. Um, I was in a boy band, started taking it serious about maybe like 15 we did like uh stuff at the Grammys, stuff like that. And uh after that I just went on to start my solo thing and just you know what I'm saying, been moving ever since. Was lucky to land a couple records and a couple films and write for a couple artists and stuff like that. So now I'm back at it. I took a break actually because I got married and I had my, my daughter and now I'm back getting it moving again, so Congratulations on the baby girl. How old is she now? <laughs> she about to be three, man. <laughs> it took a long time to really get back up to speed because, you know, I got to get her going, potty trained. And, you know, each the first three years, they change so much. So Yeah, that's now true. I'm able to, you know what I mean? Oh, I, I just moved to Atlanta, too. So You, you know. moved back to Atlanta? No, I moved. I was in California, and then I moved to the East Coast. For a few years, and I moved back to California, and now I'm back in it. I'm in Atlanta. All right, perfect. So let's take it a few steps all the way back, right? Because we know where you are now with the family and transitioning to the location. So we'll do a deep dive on that. But tell us a little bit about when you were younger. What were some of your childhood aspirations and dreams? Um, I mean, I always knew I was going to be in the music. Um, we went the boy band route. And I mean, it was cool, but you know, when you deal with, when you're in a band, you're dealing with multiple personalities. And then, you know, I was, I wrote a lot of the material. I mean, we had a pretty good, you know, situation, but as, you know, most boy bands and you're dealing with management and the business, it has this mm -hmm. way of just kind of everybody just not on the same page, you know what I mean? So we had, um, managers that kind of I mean they, they didn't know everything about the business they took mm -hmm. us as far as they could and it just got to the point where I mean we had to just kind of part ways you know what I mean so I ended up uh, linking with 
and my brother Goldfingers, man, shout out to Goldfingers, and my real brother Rico, me and him kind of, we started a studio there, and then I just kind of, you know, I was the main guy, and I worked with uh, a lot of guys, I worked with Mims, I did some stuff with Sibo, um, was, uh, ah, I can't remember, Jacka before he passed, so I've had a long career, I guess you could say, so. So, first of all, you just flew in from California. No, I flew in from Atlanta. You flew in from Atlanta. Okay, I thought you were coming from the West Coast. All right, cool. I'm in Atlanta So, you flew in from Atlanta. Um, So, thank you again for hopping off the plane and coming in here and just vibing with us on Currency Shift. Uh, Tell me a little bit about when you were in that boy band. Effectively, what came across your mind when you realized, okay, I have to step out on my own and kind of do my own thing separate from the group? Well, it was actually my brother, because it was funny because when the group split, I mean, my brother, he was, you know, a little older than me, more mature, so he kind of saw it coming before I did, because mm-hmm. I was, you know, you're young, you, you're you touring, you're traveling, you kind of get used to that, and you don't really look at it from a business standpoint. That's just what mm-hmm. I was used to. I'm like, oh, man. You know, we ain't got no more shows, you know what I mean? <laughs> and he's like, bro, man, he just, he was like, I'm done. Like, I, I can't do it anymore. And I was mad at him. And he was trying to push me out. And I'm like, nah, let's just do the group. But, I mean, what happens is typical in a lot of boy bands. You have maybe one or two to stand out. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say they carry the group, but I was like a big chunk of it. So yeah. he was like, man, you... I was afraid. He was like, dude, you can do this on your own. Mm-hmm. And cause the business kind of went sour between everybody. And he was like, I'm done. So that's what got me out. And I was like, all right, man. And we eventually started like two different branches of the group. And I mean, we, that kind of trickled down and it, it was like a gradual process. And pretty much I feel like it was guys saying like, look, man, just go on your own. And when I did that, man, like, in the city I was in, man, I was the guy, and I didn't even know it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I got like other artists coming from out of town, and like, yo, who's the guy? Who's the guy? And they, you know, they're coming to my studio, but I didn't really understand it at the time because I'm still like, I just want to do music, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's ninety percent business, about ten percent, you know, music, mm-hmm. and I'm still like music, music, music. But it took me till I got older to really understand. The, well, I actually understood it, but it took me a while to like actually just do it. I was fighting my calling, basically. Yeah, I like your vulnerability when you talk about uh, you were afraid and somebody else saw so much of your greatness and so much of your capabilities that they were like, hey, you know, step out and do it yourself. You can do it. You can move forward on your own. Talk to us a little bit about that process for you going from a situation where you're afraid of essentially your skill sets on your own accord and stepping into your own limelight. Like, talk to us about that process and what it took for you to just finally be like, yes, I'm going to do this, and yes, I'm going to do it by myself. Man, it was scary because first the the group split, and then we went through the gradual process of trickling down and basically me again, and my brother ended up getting locked up. So it was like, damn, I don't have my brother. Mm -hmm. I don't have the group. You know what I'm saying? I'm not moving the way I'm used to. So I had to basically 
find my way all over again. And that was like scary, man. It was like, man, like I'm in the studio by myself <laughs> and I'm just like, damn, and I don't have my brother to kind of, you know, hey, what you think about this? You know what I mean? So I just had to rely on, you know, my inner talent and, and God, you know what I mean? And it just, it worked, man. I put out a, like a five song EP, man. And mm-hmm. it was like, it was popping. Like, people calling me, like, yo, man, Terry Dawson, man, yo, I got your CD in my car right now. You know what I'm saying? That was when CDs was like popping. So, and this yeah. was in California, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was, man, it was, it was scary, man. And I actually, I have a record nobody's heard, but I just kind of like vented about it. Like, and then we end up losing the studio too. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you're dealing with multiple personalities. It was like four hours running the studio. Shit hit the fan, and I had to start my own studio. So that was even, it was like, wow, you know what I'm saying? But, man, I wouldn't change it for nothing. And my my OG, man, he was like, bro, invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I, let me back it up, too. I forgot. I had to learn because I was, I was just a, a singer and a, and a writer. Mm-hmm. So I, I would have to have an engineer in the studio. And this is what I try to tell a lot of young people now, like, Learn as much as you can on your own so you don't need anybody. Because I found mm-hmm. myself being in the studio with producers and they, you know, I record till like, man, like six in the morning. Yeah. And an engineer, he might, you know, come from somewhere else. He might be tired. He might have to go home and he's at the computer like, and I'm, I'm like, falling asleep. Yeah. yeah. And I can't tell them what buttons to press. I can't convey what I'm hearing. Like they can't understand it. So during that process of me going solo, I actually had to learn how to engineer. Mm-hmm. And I, my OG, he was like, man, he took the time out. He was like, I see something in you. And he was like, when you're ready, get in here. So I just, man, I came in there with my pen and pad and was just taking notes, learning as much as I could. And that led to me getting my own studio. And he was like, the best thing he told me was invest in yourself. Mm. And it was like, you know, sometimes we're lazy. Yeah, we run, we run from from my calling, and I was just like, man, I don't, you know, God, how am I going to do this? Or, you know, I don't, I'm not used to this. But sometimes you have to get out of your comfort zone because everything that you ever wanted or needed is naturally inside of you already. You're born with it, mm-hmm. so it kind of compelled me to tap into that. And man, I was, I was killing it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got my own stuff, and it just was like. It was the best thing that ever happened to me, man. I mean, shout out to EB, man. I, that was like a blessing because it just, it helped me take control of my own destiny. I didn't have to wait on somebody to get in the studio. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? If I had an idea and like eventually, you know, I had my setup. I had like a lounge area and I had a studio area. And sometimes I sleep in there just mm-hmm. recording, man. And it was like, it was cool because a lot of ideas came out during that process like i still have records that nobody's heard right now mm-hmm. and sometimes i sleep in there like i had a little uh, nintendo wii in there I mean, <laughs> it's like, then i fall asleep get up at two in the morning and just yo i got an idea and it just man it's a beautiful thing i didn't have to wait on nobody yeah so it sounds like you were scared to take that jump but then the universe was like nah you have to take this jump because we're taking away your key support and that forced you into your limelight Um, it forced you into your skill set and a lot of times like we don't recognize when 
the universe is essentially removing things that are holding us back. So I love the fact that you're talking about the the struggle that took place, but then also the satisfaction and the gratification that came out of being able to do your own thing. Dive deeper into the invest in yourself part, though. That's what I was going to get into. It yeah. was, um, I mean, it was a, a very, very important lesson that I learned because I actually... I ain't going to say how much I invested into the equipment, but I mean, I made well over the investment. You know what I mean? Yeah. You made it back. Yeah. It was saying. like, cause at that time, the setup that I had, nobody was doing that. Cause I saw that everything was going digital mm. and it was like, people were used to being in these big studios with these super huge mixing boards and all. And I had like kind of a digital setup and now that's like the thing right now. And describe it. What do you mean by digital setup? Like everything is on the computer. I had like a uh, M box. I had like a little mixing board, MP, but everything was just it was all in my computer. And people were like, like some people would come in the studio, like, "Yo, man, like I don't know." And then I'm like, "Okay, well, you know, just just let me know." And they go to like some big studio, and these guys didn't know what they were doing. And they come back every time. People be like, yo, wherever you went, go back there. Because mm-hmm. when people recorded at my place, nothing, I'm not putting no trash out coming coming from my, my studio. Right. Because everybody's going to ask, yo, who did that? Or who mixed that? Or who did this beat? So people would be like, they would try to go somewhere else. But being the fact that I had the advantage of being a writer, producer, and an engineer, and I had the ear. I know how to develop artists. I can take somebody that has no musical capacity now whatsoever, mm-hmm. and they can come in my studio, and I can make it sound like something. Yeah. So I learned that I had a gift through, you know, all those situations. And you said that, like, tell us a little bit about why this industry and why this path, period. Like, what is it about music? What is it about sound engineering? What is it about producing that had you sleeping in the studio, had you investing in yourself, having you kind of like step outside of your fear into yourself? Because that's the only thing other than like of my wife, of course, that it just, it came natural. And it's like, it's something I can do for like, 20 hours and it'll feel like it was only two hours and a lot of people don't they don't understand that like i yeah. i don't like to not finish anything mm-hmm. so i will sit in there eyes red and I, <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i'm like i gotta finish it it's just a passion that i have it's something that i love to do and i feel like it's a god-given talent that he gave me so that's just that's what I love to do. Talk to us a little bit about some of the struggles that you encountered as you started to really climb that ladder within your profession. Well, you have to understand, like, when you get into something, you want to master it as much as you can. So you have to understand the the business aspect of it, the politics of it. You got to know what the market's looking like, the competition. These are things that you have to think about when you step out doing that but you have to just do it if it's something you believe in you got to stick it out and you have to have the mentality of i'm not taking no for an answer because i mean Mm -hmm. i've heard i mean i I listen to a lot of motivational speakers and um one of them was saying that you you when you hear like 20 no's don't get mad about it that just means you're that much closer to a yes so you have to have that mentality when you step out and, and start your own business and, you know, in the beginning, 
you may have to foot all the bit. You know what I mean? The mm-hmm. whole cost. It might be just you. Or you might go bankrupt a few times. You know? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know one successful millionaire, billionaire that's never fell on their face and went bankrupt. It's just part of the deal. But you have to stick it out. What were some of the things that you encountered? Because the music industry is a little crazy when it comes to dealing with people, politics, and uh, just sound critics. Because of you being a writer, there's a lot of things that you have to do on the back end. What are some of the things that you encountered where you were like, all right, I'm getting frustrated, but I got to push through? Man, I've been burned a few times, man. And each Mm -hmm. time I get stronger and learn, I doubt that it'll happen now, but it just all goes back to what I was talking about earlier. You have to understand business. Because mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a Libra, so I wouldn't sound emotional, <laughs> but you know, I'm a I'm a nice person. Like I I couldn't differentiate the difference between the business and the personal. Like I had, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, this is my boy, he ain't gonna do that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, oh, you wanna do a record, let's just do the record. Then somebody puts the record out and they making money off of it and you ain't get no phone call. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> so it's like everything's up front right now. Somebody call me, yo, I need this, I need that. Okay, what direction are you going with it? Let's get our split sheets together. You got BMI, ASCAP, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just all up front now. Cause I don't I don't have time to, I got a family, I got a wife, I don't have time to waste. You know right. What I mean? So let's just get it done. Time or money, because you don't have everything set up on the business, and somebody's not getting paid. And nine times out of ten, it might be on your end. Right. Yeah, so you work with um, a few celebrities throughout your career, and even now. Um, Talk to us about how you made those connections and how you got situated for doing movies as well as working with certain artists. Man, honestly— some of the stuff I just kind of fell into. There's <laughs> people that you know and just networking, and you have to make sure you have a good rapport with people, mm-hmm. and you always want to make sure you do good business, and just networking, man. If you don't, like, I, I have a saying, when you're out there, man, if you when you stop knocking on the doors, that's when you stop getting answers. Ooh, so say that again. Get, <laughs> nah, say that again. Yeah, I've been saying that for a long time. If you don't knock on any doors, you ain't going to get no answers. Nothing's going to open. So whatever it takes, keep knocking on the doors, and something's going to open for you. And that's how I got a lot of these situations, just applying myself. Sometimes being in the right place at the right time. But I have a problem with being in the clubs. Because now (laughs) it's, you know, the whole politics. Oh, come to my event. I just, I've been in clubs since I was 16. There's nothing Mm -hmm. new under the sun in there. So a lot of times now with the reality TV, you know what I mean? You got to be into the politics I'm not really with the industry stuff. Mm-hmm. So I struggle with that because I'm more of a realist. But sometimes you got to be out there and, you know, you got to be in the clubs. You got to shake hands and kiss some babies, man. <laughs> but, you know, I'm working on that. Yeah. But to answer your question, just a lot of the situations I got was just me being a good person, me doing good work and doing good business and applying myself. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the music industry, there are a lot of there are a lot of difficulties when you're making connections, when you have to go to the clubs to do the appearances, as well as like just your own personal struggles, juggling family as well as like studio time. Because if you're sleeping in the studio, that means that you know somebody at home might be not getting the attention that they need. Right. Talk to us about how you balance the mental health oh, of goodness, it. Man. 
Well, when I was doing that, like, I don't do it as much because I have, like, my own setup at home. Yeah. But when I was running that, I was single, so. Oh, like, okay, okay. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I have, you know, a friend come through here and there, but I was just, man, it was just me. I didn't have no kids, mm-hmm. and I, it was just studio. But now I'm at home, mm-hmm. so it's like, you know, I'll go on my little area getting my music bag and you know what I mean my wife she might hey you need anything or I might come out and take a break or whatever but I try to to uh balance that with I try to record or if I'm making a beat I try to do it once they're asleep that's why mm-hmm. I work like just stupid hours <laughs> so it's like I can still spend time with them spend time with my son my daughter and you know my wife and then once they pass out it's usually about 10 11 o'clock yeah and i get to work so but it's weird because sometimes she's like man you gotta stop because you're working all night you're sleeping all day and I, you know what I mean? <laughs> but like man i gotta get it man but it's it, it works you just you just have to find the balance man yeah do you do anything as far as like meditation prayer yes. or oh, anything yeah. yeah man i'm very spiritual i'm not really on the religious tip man but um, I meditate um, at least maybe twice a week. It's crazy because, uh, like I said, I listen to a lot of like motivational speakers, like millionaires, every day. Mm. And I'm learning that the most important part of your day is when you wake up, the first 30 minutes to an hour. So I change my whole situation. When I get up, I do 15 minutes of yoga. My son does it too. Mm-hmm. I do 15 minutes of yoga. I hydrate and uh, take my vitamins mm-hmm. and maybe eat like some oatmeal or something like that. And then I go at it. So it's like, I'm learning that setup is key. Mm-hmm. Like everything, if you, just like if you want to lose weight, it's not so much what you eat or working out, it's the consistency to where it's a ritual. Mm. And I try to implement that in everything now. Because once you develop that pattern it becomes second nature to you and you you find a a pattern that works for you. Yeah. So I'm like really big into meditating and I'm really big into what I put in my body. Mm. You know, we're not getting no younger. Yeah, And it's true. like people dying at like 30, you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't want to live to be 100, but I want to be around for, you know, just to at least yeah. get the best quality out of life that I can, so. No, that's 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 good that you're focusing more on like the mental health and the physical health. Man, health is wealth, man. It's cliche, but that is like one of the realest. I mean, if you're not healthy, say you a billionaire, mm-hmm. but you ain't healthy. What's the point? <laughs> yeah, you can't even. You know what I mean? You can't even enjoy the fruits of your labor because you're not healthy. Mm-hmm. So I really, and it's crazy because. Man, I used to drink nothing but juice. Mm. And I met my wife, and she's like, yo, you got to be around. <laughs> I'm like, man, I, right. But I'll be joking with her. I'm like, no, man, I got to be, you know what I'm saying? I want to die before you, so I don't have to be miserable. But <laughs> what? Yeah, I'll be joking with her. But nah, man, I drink nothing but water, man. Mm-hmm. And, like, health is, like, everything. Mm-hmm. That's that's good to note that, you know, you switch up some of your habits and behaviors and having a good supportive partner 
right. to redirect you and push you in the right direction is really, really important. She, yo, she be mad at, like, I was watching an interview with Diddy's son. He said mm-hmm. his dad's so strict, he almost kicked him out the house for coming to breakfast late. What? Like, my wow. wife is there. Like, if I don't eat right or if she catch me eating some junk, she ain't talking to me for the whole day. Mm. Like, she's really that mad. Like, I damn near got to sleep on the couch type shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yo, man. So she keeps me on my toes, man. Well, that's good. I think everybody, if you're building a dynasty, if you're pushing a business, you got to have that, that partner, that supporter, and that person that's going to hold you accountable. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> for real, man. It just made me realize, like, how much I really didn't care in other relationships because I care enough to just listen, you know what I mean? Which mm-hmm. is telling me something that's important like that, so. yeah. So one of the reasons why you're on the show is a you did the the best intro music that I've heard in a in in a while. I didn't do that. I, <laughs> I stole that from my manager. He made the beat. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, you know how I go. <laughs> yeah, but it's also like everything that you've been doing online as well. So one of the the focal points of social currency being the topic of um, Currency Shift, the podcast, is that we like to have people that are first only a disruptive on the show, but then it's also how you're using your social currency. So social currency is building social networks to gain access, influence, resources, and networking in the digital space that affects a person online and offline. So across your social media, you have over 15K followers on Instagram. You have over uh, 13K followers on Twitter. You don't even use Twitter that much. Last time you posted was 2016. And then on your your fan page, you have over 2,000 likes on there. So talk to us a little bit about how social media plays a role in what you're accomplishing and how you're moving in the industry? Man, social media is everything. The internet Mm -hmm. is, you can't even really do anything without it. But, I mean, I could have a lot more. I'm still working on it, but I just don't, like, I don't, I don't, you know what I mean? I'm not the the 14-year-old kid that's just on it. Like, I got a life, man. It's tough finding that balance because my guys be like, man, you got to post more, man. You got to... And I'm like, man, well, look at Bryson Tiller, man. He don't really... You know what I mean? <laughs> it's hard because I just... I'm like a private person. Yes. And I'm not like the... You know, I buy a Bentley or something. I'm not, hey, look at me. I don't really care about that. Right. Because it's it's meaningless to me. Like, I tell my son, like, I'm not a billionaire or nothing, but we're rich, man. Like, mm-hmm. I go home, we're happy. My kids are happy. Mm-hmm. We're healthy. You know what I mean? So I look at I value, you know, like family and stuff like like social media. You have to do it. Like honestly, if I did, if I wasn't in the industry, I probably would be off the grid. Mm-hmm. But I just do it because it's it's the necessity for the business that I'm in. But I'm trying to get better. And actually, right now we're revamping everything. I got a lot of content coming. I got a lot of new music coming right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, you know what I mean? I'm trying to not post nothing until we really start hitting it hard again, mm-hmm. which will be maybe in the next month or two. But I got a lot of stuff coming up right now. And I actually got to fly back to Cali. I got to shoot, um, I think, one or two visuals mm-hmm. with uh, my guy. He's a good uh, family. He's a good film director. Um, 
W.A. Carter, man. Shout out to Wes, man. But mm -hmm. he's dope. We got a lot of stuff in the works right now. So. so how do you use, like, or how were you using Instagram or, or YouTube? Because you have um, pretty good activity on both. Like, how, how did those two platforms play well with what you're trying to accomplish? Well, it's an algorithm to it. Yeah. I mean, you have to study it. You have to look at your your logistics and your metrics and see, like, when your fans are online the most. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what I mean? You kind of have to experiment to see where you're at with it. And then once you figure that out, then you have to, you know, move accordingly. So if, like, I notice, hey, I'm getting more traction at 8 o'clock on Tuesdays. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to post more content around that time because I know the people that support me are going to be online at that time. Mm -hmm. But that's pretty much the gist of it. You know what I mean? You got to figure out the metrics and that's, and, oh, and the politics of it, mm -hmm. which I really hate because, you know what I mean? You got, like, I'm learning now people do, I mean, it's kind of old, but I'm learning it. I think it's kind of corny. It's, mm -hmm. I feel like it's, it's not real. Like, uh, I was listening to KRS-One, man. He was like, man, it's, it's the Matrix, man. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. you you got somebody that's, oh, a like for a like. You know what I mean? You can't just like my shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like if I think some shit is dope, you don't have to like my shit. I just think it's dope. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then we're in, like, the generation where people don't want to, they don't want to tell another dude that his shit is hot. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. like, dude, if it's dope, it's dope. It's, I'm not losing anything Liking you, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And it, you kind of get caught up in that. And then, uh, you know, like somebody will comment, hoping to follow, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I do stuff the authentic way. If I like it, yes. it's dope. If it's fire, I'm going to put the flames under it. Mm -hmm. So you have to balance that because I feel like I'm too real for the industry. But you still have to kind of deal with the matrix in order to survive, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To some degree. I'm not saying you got to be on some Takashi 6 9 trolling type shit. But <laughs> to a certain degree, it's just the way it is right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have you built any relationships strictly from what you've done on social? Oh, my goodness, man. I, um, When I was living out here, I actually met uh some guys. They were like vine gods, man. It was um, this cat named Will Got the Juice. This cat named Lucas Coley, man. These guys... Yeah, you know I mean, I just met these guys, and, so, and they met online. It's like really yeah. a community. It's like that's how you, yeah. You know I mean, people be popping at chicks. Like I know people that's like, yeah, I met my wife on Instagram. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's how like popping it is right now. But yeah, I built tons of relationships. But it's funny, some of the people like they comment on your shit every day and interact with you. You see yeah. them in person, and niggas like don't even know you. It's weird, man. Yeah, but. You know, you got to do what you got to do. Yes. And so the importance of social is like staying relevant and um, using it as a distribution for your content. Um, To a certain degree. I mean, in my mind, I'm always relevant, but <laughs> when you're in the matrix, you know what I mean? There's certain guidelines you got to follow, of course. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. If you had one piece of advice... From everything that you've experienced with working on movies, uh, doing the music for the music, um, 
working with celebrities and up and coming artists, like if it was one piece of advice that you can put on a post-it on a desk, what would it be? Well, this is how I answer that. Regarding just life, I would say unlearn everything that you were taught, you know, at an adolescent to, you know, to the point where you can think for yourself. Because a lot of it's bullshit. Mm. But as far as regarding the music industry, I would tell any young artist, be who you are. A lot of people see, like, a designer comes out, he hot. Everybody's then trying to follow what he's doing. I mean, that's a blueprint, but it doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Mm. So I would tell them, be true to yourself, and the money will come. Mm -hmm. And stand for something. Don't be afraid to stand out, because that's what's actually working I don't know if you've seen uh, that new joint with uh, Lil Nas X. That is like the most unique shit that's out right now. <laughs> he got a country trap joint. Yes, yes. Fucking Billy Ray Cyrus. And it's the number one record in the country. Mm -hmm. And that's like far out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But And now I guarantee it's going to be a hell of people trying to tap into that country trap shit. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's it's different. He didn't try to... I mean, he's still kind of mixed it with with what's relevant now but it's still different so mm -hmm. it's like just do you because we already have a usher we already have a chris brown we want the next you so continue to build that and everything's everything else is just come mm, i like that stay true to yourself i like that and so we're entering the speed round so during this round, awesome. I'm just going to ask you some questions and whatever comes to mind, whatever comes to mind, just say it. All right. All right. All right so some random shit. Me and my son do. I'm just messing with you. I had to get that in for him. Oh, OK. We have his son in the in the studio today. We have some guests, the studio, the manager. Everybody's in here. Yeah. We have fun on here. I love the show. All right. So what gets you out of bed? Man, just. I mean, first and foremost, God, but man, like I sometimes I'll be high off life, man. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes I just think about, you know, where I've come from, what I've overcome, what I'm doing. Like, I got help, you know what I mean? I got a beautiful wife. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I just get high off that, man, because we have, you know, I have a, a clear understanding of life, and I have a good mind. I got a good heart. I got love, you know what I mean? Like, I get high off that shit. Yeah. And that's what gets me up. And then my little girl and my son, mm -hmm. it's just like, man, because, you know, I went from being a bachelor to insta family you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's just man it's crazy like i always tell my guys man even though like touring and traveling and working with different artists like that's cool but i feel like i just started living i didn't start living till i got married and had kids mm. like that's what wakes me up nice what's your favorite band or artist or group stevie wonder of course they was hating on him at the Nipsey joint, but it's all good. <laughs> but, yeah, that's my guy, man. I feel like Stevie Wonder can see better than a lot of people that actually have sight. Mm. And he shows you that through his musical content. So wow, that was deep. That's the guy, man. Yeah. That was, that's some quotable stuff, some tweetable stuff. Yeah, man. All right. Favorite drink? Uh, water. Water. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, outside of that, shit. Just water, man. <laughs> Just water. All right. Role models. 
Um, damn, that's a good one. I don't know, man. Myself, I'm just playing. Uh, I don't. I mean, it's so many different people that I draw from. I mean, of course, people look at like Jay Z. I just, I don't know. I look at a lot of successful people, a lot of people that are, you know, are for the the similar causes that I'm that I stand for. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't really know off the top of my head, but just anybody that that's true to themselves, man, that's living their life to the fullest and that's positive. I'm like extremely big on positive energy right now. So I like that. A luxury item. Wow, we just talking about that on the way here, man. <laughs> but we say Bentley, the new Bentley truck, the new Rose truck. Now you know what's crazy, man? I really when I get to where I'm going, when I'm really there, I'm gonna get a 92 Lamborghini. Mm. Me and my brother, man, when we were little, we put the picture up on our wall. He had the, I think, the red joint. I had the white one. He was like, yo, bro, we getting one. And mm-hmm. Bryson Tiller has put, I think he either got it or he put it on his page. I was like, yeah. damn, somebody stole my idea, but I'm getting that. Keep I, striving for yeah, it. I'm getting That's that. a sexy car. Oh, my goodness. It's like I picture the red and the white. Me, I, I lean more toward the red, but the white with the right rims. Come on. Man. Yes. It's a classic car, man. Yes. Favorite food? Uh, oh, man, my shit is all over the place. Um, I would say, well, we just had, you know, we, I just took my son, I just bought him the, what was we at, Jamaica, Queens? We just got some... Uh, some goat curry, you know what I'm saying? I usually eat healthy, but since I'm out here, we cheating right now. <laughs> my wife's going to be mad at me, but um, I like Jamaican food, but I really love Ethiopian food, man. Ethiopian it's food. It's so flavorful. It's so rich, mm-hmm. and it's very healthy. Mm. What's your favorite country to visit? I haven't even been outside the country yet. What? But in my imaginary, you know, in my imagination, my favorite country would be uh what africa a continent yeah. yeah i think africa would be like man like i actually when i really get to where i'm going i want to get some property there. i think africa is like everything yeah. that's where everything comes from all the natural resources and it's just our ancestors the salt like i gotta i gotta get to africa so i'm gonna go with that okay Cool, cool, cool. All right. What's the best way to give back? Um, I mean, honestly, any way you can, to be honest with you. I mean, people think, oh, I got to have this crazy charity or I got to do this. I mean, like I used to get caught up in, like I see bums and like, nah, I ain't giving them nothing. They just going to go spend it on some drugs. But I think you get blessed just for the fact that you gave. Mm-hmm. But I do think... One of the best things you can give somebody is knowledge. A lot of us, like our people, we act like, you know what I mean? Like if it's a job you want, man, you can hire it over there. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, what I mean, yeah. like now, <laughs> it's enough resources and money and everything to go around for everybody. So I think giving somebody some knowledge that's going to help them move forward is probably the best thing you can do. Nice. All right. Retirement place. Africa. Africa. All right. Favorite cartoon? Um, I mean, of course, like Tom and Jerry. Yes. And you know why, Thank though? you. Why? Because they can entertain the hell out of you and ain't nobody talking. <laughs> they just beating the shit out of each other and making noise. Yes. Yo, Tom and Jerry, 
I mean, how can you like it's like one of the most engaging cartoons I ever watched, and there's no no dialogue. Right. For me, it was the fact that they used a lot of classical music. Right. Hey. And just told the story with classical music and action. Right. That's crazy. Genius. All right. Drama. As far as movies? Whatever. You know, it's crazy, man. Most people would be like, you bugging, but my favorite. It's kind of a comedy and a drama, but it just, it's very nostalgic to the time when me and my brother were like, we were heavy in the basketball. I used to be dunking on niggas. <laughs> I got bad ankles right now, but, <laughs> but it just, it, it really reminded me of our relationship. Um, the Six Man, like that's one of my mm. favorite, you know what I mean? The Six Man. Yeah, because it reminded me a lot of me and my brother. All right. Comedy. The Six Man, no. Um, I would have to say Harlem Nights. Harlem Nights? Yo, that joint. Yes, Yo, thank you. It is hey, hilarious. You got an all-star cast of legendary Mm-hmm. Comedians, yo, the the plot was crazy. Mm-hmm. The the swag, you know what I mean? The whole swag, the with fashion, the suits, oh. everything. Yo, that joint. I used to watch that movie every day, man. Yes, when I moved to Harlem, like it was like so real, but it didn't have the same effect. I thought it was going to be like certain things that pull from the movie, certain characters, like meet certain people that had similar attributes, but yeah, you thought it's you different. Going to see them old school <laughs> PT Cruiser looking <laughs> yeah, somewhere, somewhere. Man. And then it's crazy because I think a lot of those comedians in there are dead. All this, I think majority of suffer um, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that wow. I mean you got Eddie and you got uh Richard Pryor mm-hmm. on one man. That's just that Red long. Fox. You got Red Fox, Delores. Yes. You got uh Robin Harris, he had a little Arsenio Hall, yo. Oh, Arsenio <laughs> Hall's still around. Yo, yeah. hey, Thomas Ford, he was you know what yes. I'm saying? That's crazy, man. Like, yo, that's the joint, man. Jasmine guy. Yes. Highly recommend Harlem Nights. Yeah, uh, man. All right, what is happiness? A state of mind. A state of mind? Yeah, I think happiness comes from within. It don't matter how much money you have. doesn't matter how much material you have. I know, like, a lot of wealthy people that ain't happy. Mm. I mean, shit, the uh, the CEO of Google, they getting a divorce. I think she walked away with, like... Oh, that's Amazon. Or oh, Amazon. I said yeah. Google, my fault. Yeah. yeah, Amazon. So it's like... It just comes from within, man. You have mm-hmm. to appreciate everything, the little things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just waking up is like it's happiness. So it it comes from within, man. Got it. Is there anything else you would like the listeners to know? Uh, yeah, we covered a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we got um, we got a lot of new music coming out. I actually, have records on itunes right now i got a record called no one gonna win featuring tirza mm-hmm. that's popping it's like a uh dance hall like r&b drake rihanna type joint mm-hmm. i got a record um with key to the great it's popping right now it's called michael myers it's like a trap record we had a lot of fun with that and i got some new stuff coming out because you know some of my yeah People that have been following me for a while, they like, yo, man, when you going to get back to that R&B? So, because <laughs> I mean? I've been doing a lot of stuff, like, since I start producing, I've been making, like, crazy stuff. And then my manager, he over here, man, we need something for the strip club. We need something. You know what yeah. I mean? 
So I got I actually have a strip club record about to drop called Beat It. It's crazy, produced by me. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like rap, singing, talking on it. It's just yeah. a fun record, you know what I mean? And then I have a record called Party All Night. It's kind of like a Travis Scott mm-hmm. meets Uzi, you know what I mean? But yeah. still, you know what I mean? It's, it's just one of them one of them party kind of joints. And then for the R&B, I got a record called Same Energy. Mm-hmm. And that's fire, man. That's not kind of romantic, same yeah. energy. Yeah. But I flipped the concept, though, because I'm saying, like, I need you to keep that same energy that you had when you was mad at me when it's time to love me. Mm. Yeah, so it's, it's crazy, man. I produced that as well. And it has a real nostalgic kind of 90s R&B, but still, like, on the Drake, Bryson Tiller type, you know what I mean? So, I'm, so wait, you know I mean? so you write and produce all of your music? Everything. So when you're writing your music, where what where are you pulling the inspiration from? Like where is that Every, coming from? Everything's a song. Yeah. I mean, this mic is a song. Mm. Like, I can look at the screen and figure out something. You know what I mean? So I I say when I stop living, that's when I stop having ideas. Like when I was in LA, we was working on like ghostwriting stuff for Ray J. Man, we be in the studio like all day and I would just take a break and go to the mall mm-hmm. and just look at things and people and just okay that's an idea that's an you know, I have a list in my phone mm-hmm. it says song ideas and it's, it may be a word a phrase and yeah that's how I get it you know what I mean I like that say that for us again you said once you stop living once I stop living that's when I, I run out of ideas so everything yeah. comes from me just living and having experiences yeah. and being out, yeah. Because that's what art is, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's an expression of, you know, life. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your knowledge. The man behind the instrumental, the man behind the intro and the outro music, the man behind, like, a lot of the, the hot music that you hear on um on social and follow him. Tell us a little bit about uh, where they can follow you and connect with you. Uh, my Instagram is Taryn Thompson Official. That's T E R I N Thompson, T H O M P S O N Official. I'm pretty sure you know how to spell that. <laughs> and my Twitter is just Taryn Thompson. And uh, we're actually working on a, we're launching an a, a indie brand right now. It's actually called. Indian, so look out for that as well. So, mm. I got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I'm excited to dig deeper into that yeah, yeah, when we take off the headphones. Uh, All right. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you to our sponsor for season two, Punto Space. The contemporary raw space combines capacity with intimacy. Four distinct spaces on three levels encompass more than 3,500 square feet. Custom configurations, a state-of-the-art audio-visual system, and full-service support provide endless possibilities for realizing your creative vision. Thank you for joining the conversation. To learn more about Currency Shift, go to currencyshiftnow.com. If you feel as though you fit the criteria as the first, the only, or the disruptive, send us an email, info at currencyshiftnow.com. Until next time, keep pushing, stay motivated, and stay encouraged.